Hi, and welcome to the Overflow Podcast. I'm Chuck Ammons, teaching pastor at Overflow Church in Brandon, Florida, and we are here to help you receive the Father's love and to release it to everyone you encounter everywhere. Wherever you're listening from today, your God adores you. I pray this message elevates and ignites your faith. On this podcast, you will find biblical messages to activate your faith, as well as our You Asked For It series, where we address your questions about trusting God's goodness as Father and living out His fullness as beloved sons and daughters. To find out more about Overflow Church, visit us at myoverflowchurch.com or on Facebook at Overflow Church Brandon. We'd also love to encourage you to check out our book, Life in the Overflow, and its accompanying devotional at Amazon.com. Three people are doing well. How's everybody else doing? Three more people are doing well. I won't expect to see this morning. Church, how are we doing this morning? All right. I got to tell you, um, so, so when Jesus, there's a seal in the house. Um, when Jesus is your king, every day is exciting, but there are some days that you wake up with a special sense of what he's going to do. And I'm just going to tell you something is going to pivot in this room today. Um, those of you who've walked with me for a long time know that I don't use those words lightly. I don't just walk in every room and be like, something's going to pivot today. This is not, I'm not hyping you up because you can't hype up the kingdom of God. You can't possibly ask or imagine what God has in store for those who love him. And I'm telling you this morning that as we agree with heaven, something is going to shift and change for Overflow Church and for this region. And so for those of you who have been at Overflow for a long time, we're going to get to look back and to look ahead, we're going to look at what God has done in the last year at Overflow Church. Um, we're going to look at all the victories of 2022. But then there's a critical place where God is calling us forward. So I want to say whether it's your first time here or whether you've been here for a long time, today is pivotal. And it's going to require you. So this is what I need. I need everybody to pull out your phone right from the start. We're all going to participate together. So if you could pull out your phone and just snapshot this QR code, it's going to lead you to our five-fold test. And so I want to talk about this for a second, but I'm going to ask everybody, and we're going to give five minutes right now in our service for every person in the room to take this five-fold test. And so as you're going there, let me just tell you a few things. When I talk about a five-fold test, this is not a personality test. This is not something that you take, that you show up and you go, oh, well, I'm this, and for the rest of my life, I'm this. It's not that. It's also not a box of limitation. It's not something that you could say, I'm not this, therefore I'm, you know, I'm, I'm this, so therefore I'm not that. That's not true. What you're actually about to see is the fivefold, and I'm going to talk about this today, but in Ephesians chapter 4, we're shown five different aspects, five faces of the Holy Spirit, five faces of his grace that are in us. So say, if the Holy Spirit's in me, these are in me. I got them all, because I have him. Okay, so this isn't a personality test. This isn't a limiting box. However, these are graces, and some of them in your life are crazy high right now, and God wants to give you confidence in who you are because that's where you're supposed to pour out in the kingdom of God. And so these, so go ahead. You could take that QR code. You could start taking the test while you're listening to me right now. In just a minute, I'm going to put a song on. But I'm just going to tell anybody else this. Um, they're going to change in your life in passion, they're going to change based on your function. They're going to change based on the need. And they're going to change based on the people that you surround yourself with. 
And so as you go through and take this, this is what we're going to do for the next five minutes. I'm going to put a song on. We're going to take the test. And then if you look up here, you're going to see we've got all kinds of index cards and Sharpie markers. This is what I'm going to ask. As soon as you're done taking your test, I want you to take the top two scores. First of all, do yourself a favor. Just screenshot that final result so that you can have it. In the months ahead, you're going to want to know that. Okay? But then after you've done that, if you could take and come up here and write down the top two results that you have. Okay? So you would write you know, apostolic slash teaching. So top result, line, second result. If you have a tie on these, this is all I'm going to ask. Take the one that burns in you the most, and that's the one I want you to write down. Because we as a staff are going to pray over these this week. So here's what's going to happen. Song's going to play right now. For five minutes, we're going to take this test. In just a few minutes, because I want to give enough time for this QR code if you haven't taken it yet, in just a minute, Kenny's going to put up on the screen what these fivefold actually mean. So as you take your test, you can start getting a picture of that. Can we go ahead and cue up that song? And let's take this test. We're going to take five minutes together here. Before I was formed, you knew my name. I was held in your hands, and still today, you love me better than anyone could. From the moment I Sing over me and breathe new life with no hesitation. If you know who you are, if you already know your test results, you can feel free to come on up and, and write them down and put them here. We just want to make sure we get every card here. We're going to give enough time for everybody to do it. Awesome. And make sure you put, put your name, first and last name, and we're going to ask you to leave the card at the altar. So put your first and last name on it because we want to pray for you by name this week. So on your phone, you're going to keep your results. On the platform, you're going to have your name, first result, second result. One thing I ask, this I seek, to gaze on your beauty and majesty, to dwell in your presence and live for your glory, all struck in Awesome. Keep taking that test. As you're doing this, you'll see the descriptions of what these start to mean, which we're going to talk about, are going to be up here. Come on, this empowering is so good. Some of y'all didn't know there'd be a quiz this morning. Thanks for hanging with us and doing it. It's going to be so, so, so good. So keep taking those results. I'm just going to tell you right now, when you get out of your seat to come forward, I just see it as an act of faith. You're saying, this is who I believe I am in the kingdom of God. As we, we throw these cards upon the platform, God is doing something. So by you writing it down, you're coming to agreement with who God says you are in this season. So good.
So good. Keep going. We're going to take a few more minutes here because I want everybody to have a chance to take this test because it's going to be so important for us. So even as we go through this, we're going to give just a few more minutes. So important that we equip and ignite us here for what is coming next. So let's take a few more minutes in that place. If you took the test, you can start reading right now what some of your results are and what they might mean about this season of your life. And I'll describe some more. We're just going to come back in. So let's just take a few more minutes in this place. And you guys are so polite. You can throw the card wherever you want to on the platform. We don't have to stack them up nicely. This is, yeah, the, like throw them out proudly. That's so good. So good. We're going to take just a few more minutes. Get everybody a chance to finish this test. And then we're going to move this morning. Just as you bring those, your name, those top two scores. And don't worry, you can't get it wrong because the Holy Spirit's in you. It's all in you. So let me say this. As some of you have started to take this, in your life you're going to find that these are going to shift from time to time. They're going to shift based on where you place yourself. They're going to shift based on needs. Sometimes you're going to come in a room that is just going to need you in a certain place. And so that grace is going to come because God's good. Sometimes it's going to be just your own maturity for the season. Sometimes it's going to be the people you put yourself around. Let's take two more minutes here. So good. So good. So good. So good. So good. Take 60 more seconds. And don't worry, you can keep taking your test and bring your results up after that. We'll celebrate all of it. Let's take 60 more seconds there. Check
So good. So this is what I'm going to ask. As you keep getting those test results, if you're taking them, um, you just bring the results as soon as you have them. We're going to celebrate all of them, I promise. You're not going to distract me. I've got six children at home, okay? So people are moving all the time. You won't distract me. So that's pretty cool. I love seeing movement in the church and where we're going to be going in the months ahead. It's going to be a lot more of that. So I want to tell you a little bit about what you just filled out and why it's so important. So in just a minute, we're going to identify your top two graces. I hope you remember them. I'm going to ask you to stand up loudly and proudly in a minute. But let me just describe them real quick. If you showed a test result that was an apostolic grace, apostolic grace is all about protecting health, in order. It's all about building and sending. So when you read about the apostles in the early church, they were the ones that saw the blueprint from God of what the church was to be. And then they saw the, the roadblocks, the speed bumps that would stand in the way. They removed those so they could send. So this grace is a leadership grace that you could see dysfunction a mile away. And maybe you've been at the place where you've come in the church and you've seen dysfunction and you thought, but that's impolite to say it. And God wants to empower a grace in you because the church stays dysfunctional if the apostolic doesn't rise up. So can we go back just one slide there real quick um, to the description? Thank you so much. The, the prophetic grace, if you saw a prophetic grace in your life, um, these are the people that, that keep one another connected to God individually and together. Prophetic grace, you're always attuned to what is the Spirit of the Lord saying. There's a sensitivity about holiness and justice with the prophetic. Evangelistic grace gives feet, uh, faith and feet to live on mission individually and together. These are the birth and ignite people. They love seeing new people come into the kingdom. And when people show up and say that they're far from God, the evangelists never believe it because you can never be far from the God who adores you. And so they go after messy situations. They want to be sent on mission. They love a challenge. The pastoral grace nurtures families who celebrate, elevate, and prioritize each other. Pastoral grace would be seen by the words belong and pursue. These would be the people that you say are the safest people that see you, that when you come to them, when they talk to you, they don't look past you because you are their destination. They want the family to be safe together. Their heart breaks when they've seen churches step on people in the name of progress. And then lastly, the teaching grace. It tills the ground for deep roots in faith and in life both individually and together. It's all about, let's see Jesus in every page of the scripture and let's actually live out the full blueprint that God has for our life. So here's what's really cool. You guys filled out a lot of responses up here. Super cool, kudos to you. Give yourself a hand, great job. So good. Okay, so here's what I wanna do right now. This could be really important because this morning, in these two graces that you went through, these are gonna be your team for this morning. Now listen, there's really only team Jesus. We're excited about all of it. We're gonna celebrate a lot of stuff that God's done and what I want is if these are your two teams, I want you to go especially nuts for what's happening there. Then there's going to be a pivot. We're going to talk about a problem still happening in the church right now. We're going to talk about a problem in Overflow Church right now and God's solution. And this is why I need you to listen differently today. Because when I talk about the problem and the solution, it's not Pastor Chuck's problem or Pastor Chuck's solution. It's overflow. And whatever the grace is you said you were, I'm going to walk one at a time saying this is what we have to do apostolically. This is what we have to do prophetically. And guess what? That's you. The church is you. And so I need you to listen differently today. I need you to listen to celebrate loudly for where we're winning, but where you see a gap, you need to say immediately, oh, that's me. That gap, that's me. There's a place to step in. And then we're going to activate and ignite it. And then as Pastor Lynn said, this is going to be two-part this morning. Then we're going to take a little break because trust me, you're going to need it. It's going to be good this morning. But then when we take a break, we're going to come back for a family meeting. And at our family meeting, we're actually putting feet on everything I'm about to talk about. What we're saying this morning, nothing you're going to hear is theoretical. It's now. It's happening. There's only the invitation for us to come with God and do it. So this is what I want to do right now. Amen. So this is what I want to do. 
If you showed a top score or secondary score of apostolic grace, real quick, I want you to stand up. Apostolic grace people in the room, give them a hand. Come on, look around at each other. Apostolic grace people. That's so good. Okay, you guys can have a seat. If you showed a top score or secondary score of prophetic grace, go ahead and stand up for me so I can see you. Look around the room, see your people. It's good. I expect you to be loud in a minute. All right, you guys can sit. Evangelistic grace people. You showed a score. Yeah, they go nuts. They're crazy. Come on, so good. All right, you guys have a seat. Pastoral grace people, let's see you. Oh man, we thank God for the pastoral. These are the people you want to go give a hug to later. They're the best huggers, okay? Teaching grace people. Come on, teachers. Man, that's so good. Okay, you guys can have a seat. So listen, I need us to listen differently because as we go through the celebrations, if you just stood for one of those, that's you. That's your team. You need to go nuts for this. We need to not be indifferent about anything God's done. And I'm telling you right now, we're about to look at 37 of the biggest things we're thanking God for in the last year. And this is what I love. This isn't my list. You're going to hear today that we have five-fold leaders. We're a church that is led by five-fold leaders. We're apostolic leaders, prophetic leaders, evangelistic leaders, pastoral leaders, and teaching leaders. And they are the ones that came and brought these celebrations. And we, as pastors, came together and said yes and amen to every one of them. So the first thing we're going to do is celebrate. You know why? Say, ask why. why? The first thing we're going to do is celebrate because heaven is constantly celebrating over you. Okay? God dances over you, though you're unaware. And the problem of the church of the living God is not that we don't have enough joy. Right? That's not the problem. So we're going to celebrate loudly, and then we're going to talk about a pivot. So let's do it. Apostolic. Let's talk about apostolic celebrations in 2022. These are some victories that we're looking at. First of all, we brought Pastor Ruth into a full-time position as our creative arts pastor at Overflow Church. And here's what's, here's what's super cool. This is the first marketplace ministry that we intentionally set up. Overflow Fine Arts, as we're going to talk about, has set itself up as a marketplace ministry, meaning it's paid by the community and the participants that are there. So half of Pastor Ruth's salary comes from the Overflow Fine Arts program, not because the church doesn't have enough, but because that's what heaven said it wanted. The other half comes directly from Overflow Church, but we were able to raise up and send her completely there. The second one is this. We brought Pastor Brenda on part-time as our youth pastor. And I got to tell you, we're going to talk about it, but Sunday nights are incredible as she leads our students and as the team there leads them. Um, so much glory you're going to hear about. We aligned all of our pastors into their five-fold positions. And this is what I mean. Now, here's the deal. This is the one that you guys are going to be like, hmm, okay. This is the one I get most excited about. This is the one that I have not watched many churches ever make the pivot. So if you've ever gone to a church and you see, man, their worship's awesome. They, they listen to the Lord, but this, 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 and this aren't happening. Or they're an evangelistic church. They're about reaching the lost, but then they never go deep. What's happening is we have a lot of one-fold churches or two-fold churches. You'll have an evangelistic church or a teaching church or a prophetic church. But he said, no, what I actually want is it's the multifaceted diversity of the saints who will trust one another and not just live up. Because here's the problem. If we get a bunch of evangelists together and they think that the whole picture of discipleship is evangelism, they actually, it becomes cancerous because they start to judge the rest of the body. They start to look at the prophets and go, well, if they did it this way. And God said, no, something happens when the apostle can look to the prophet and say, I need you. When the prophet can look to the evangelist and say, I need you. And so when I say that we've pivoted this, it's taken four years, y'all. But our pastors all know who they are, and they're all walking in their function, which means in what I'm about to tell you that's going to take place, and you need to hear me, so y'all look at me right now. So I say to my kids, look at me right now. <laughs> there is nothing I'm going to share with you today that's exaggeration. It's not theoretical. If you will plug in with what the Lord has said in this next year, he will do more than we can ask or imagine. It's going to happen. 
We've plugged in our pastors to their positions. It's amazing. Second, we saw the establishing of six ministers' connections in Tampa Bay in the quarterly uh, together events, bringing the one church together. Listen, we've got now, just in Brandon, 35 or 40 pastors that have looked Churches saying we need each other, coming together, living life, walking in accountability, and seeing restoration. And our own senior pastor, Lynn, has been at the helm of seeing all six of these minister connections start. That's being an apostolic church. It's good. And last, our last apostolic celebration for 2022. We saw unprecedented forgiveness, healing, and partnership among the pastors and churches of our region. We are expecting this year at Together, which will be at the Sun Dome this year, y'all. We're expecting 75 churches from the Tampa Bay area. So good. All right, apostolic. It's good. All right, prophetic people, where you at? I did not say pathetic. I said prophetic. That was good. Okay. Here are prophetic victories. First, we established and equipped altar ministers who pray in power for healing and breakthrough every week. Aren't you so grateful that there are people here waiting to pray with you every week? Here's what I get really excited about. We established and grew in our pre-worship prayer. So we actually said something this time last year. We said God wants an anticipation because this time last year we started the service and nobody was here. It was like us and the Holy Spirit. And then 15 minutes later, because it's Florida, right? 15 minutes later, everybody kind of show up and we trickle in. And, and our prophets started saying, the prophetic started saying, no, something has to change. So we made a declaration this time last year. We said, we're going to start pre-service prayer. Now listen, I've been here a long time. And we've said all kinds of things. And the last thing that you're going to say if you want something to grow is, just come to our prayer meeting. People don't typically do that. <laughs> but we are now every week seeing 25 or 30 people showing up a half hour early and praying down power. So when you walk in, if you go, something's different in the atmosphere, it's those people that are praying down heaven. It's amazing what they've done. Pastor Cindy has done an amazing job leading them there. The next one. That was it. I heard a prophetic person get excited. We shifted expectancy in our worship through weekly prophetic activations. So one of the things you might not realize that we do when we start worship, we don't just go in and sing songs. You're going to hear somebody come up here, and what they're doing is very intentional. Because anybody ever, I know it doesn't happen to you, but anybody ever have a bad morning on Sunday morning? Anybody ever not get along with somebody in the car? Anybody ever show up at church, and you don't feel like you're in the position where you're ready to worship and call down the promises of God? Right? You, you might even feel like you're playing a little bit for the other team. You're like, I'm ready to call out hell right now, but I'm not ready to call out heaven. <laughs> the prophetic activation, which Pastor Ruth is leading, is a time that we allow people to breathe and remember who and whose you are, because when you remember that, the kingdom of darkness has to fall. And every week this past year, what they've been doing just quietly is stepping in and saying, I want you to stand with me. I want you to agree with this, and heaven's going to move. And we've watched it elevate. So Pastor Ruth has done an amazing job there. But wait, there's more. We've got a weekly prayer team that meets around our church that is lifting up the faithful, fervent prayers that avail much over many needs in our body and needs in our mission. And then finally, our fine arts and fun arts ministry. Listen, this past year, y'all, we deployed 88 kids, teens, and teachers to walk in intimacy with God that pours out in their unique voice in him. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Now, this time I'm going to give you a public service announcement. There are 37 of these celebrations, so don't lose your steam. Because they're going to pick up, okay? We've got some more prophetic um, celebrations here. You ready? Yeah. Next slide. Thank you, Tom. We hosted a two-week sum, uh, summer fun arts camp equipping 41 kids in our community about their identity, worship, and the arts. This is different than just saying we had a VBS. This is saying we brought kids from our community, kids that wouldn't darken the doors of a church, and they learned who and whose they are and how to express it in this two-week camp that we went. Amazing fruit that came. We had teenagers this year grow in boldness and hearing God and ministering to one another. And the phrase that I've heard is this. You ready? This is what they're saying. The prophetic isn't scary anymore. That's what our teenagers say in this house now. 
We deployed prophetic voices of every age in the arts, in drama, song, dance, comedy, creative writing, through workshops and preaching the gospel in our community. This is the first year where we took the creative arts and we said we're not just taking it to some competition, we're taking it to our community. And so we ministered at November Fest, we ministered multiple times at the Crazy Cup, and Wiregrass Mall brought us out just sharing the gospel with people that are coming by. So cool. We released three original worship declarations this year, O Grave, Revive Me, and the one we just sang up here, Expectancy, and they are for the body of Christ at large. And then lastly, we completed, or you're close to completing, some of you are still on your fast, a corporate fast that focused on wholeness in Him. Can we give it up for prophetic victories this year? All right, evangelistic people, where you at? All right, this is what we saw through our missional partnerships. We clothed the naked with dignity through our club outreach. We cared for the orphan through a door of hope, our foster parents and missional communities coming around them in support. We brought good news to the captive through Go So Free and writing to prisoners and, and showing up every Monday night helping prisoners who've just come out find a new life of freedom. We proclaimed life for the unborn with our partnership with Choices. We hosted kicks for fosters. We gifted guitars to strangers through my buddy Shane Suarez and his new business, Rockin' Customs, which is going big this year. You're going to see it. And we welcomed and taught refugees right in our community from Afghanistan. This year, we multiplied our care for the modern orphan in the rebuilding of broken families through welcoming new foster parents, new placement, and new communities of support. And I want to tell you something I'm so proud of Overflow Church. Listen. The current statistic is if one family in every three churches would step up to be a part of the reunification process of fostering, we would have no foster epidemic. And we have multiple foster families. We've added a new foster family this year. Another one just came and told me we've signed on to go through licensing to become a foster family. It's just multiplying and you're being the church. We've had many testimonies of healing, a dozen baptisms, and two off-site events. We just came from one, our birthday party, out in the community, and to gather, which is coming up. Beyond that, send her, our ladies in the house, had more than 50 women attend our brunch in May, 80 in December, and this is the part I get excited about, Pastor Aaron, raising over $1,700 to send Philip and Anna Mole as missionaries from our church. We as a church have made a commitment for many years that we give a tithe out to missions, meaning we look and say in the minute you give a tithe here, over 10% of what we're giving goes out. But listen, this past year, we increased our giving to our foreign mission partners, giving an additional $15,000 above our tithe as a church. We sent our first ever full-time missionary Karis over to Port-au-Prince, Haiti. You personally supported 45 orphans every month in Haiti. They eat, they get education, and they get a future because you give to these 45. We walked with the ambassadors of Jesus churches and school in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, in fervent prayer, support, and partnership, and with the high-impact churches and school through 17 villages of the Egbima tribe in Nigeria in fervent prayer, support, and partnership. Beyond that, our hospitality team faithfully welcomed new visitors, established a meet-and-greet monthly time where we're now welcoming people into our church in a time of fellowship refreshments in the breezeway. We enlarged our reach through a growing digital outreach team. That's all of our communication, administration, and social media. And they are killing it, y'all. They're doing such a great job getting things out. You need to join us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. They're, they're, they're doing it. Um, and then on site, we refreshed our lobby and our common areas with new paint and updated furnishings ready to welcome new friends to Overflow. Yay, evangelistic people. 
Pastoral celebrations. Pastors, where you at? All right. We identified within our missional communities, I'm going to talk about what this means in a minute, but we've identified a person with a shepherding grace beyond the missional community leader, somebody that's there to say, I'm going to help these groups not just be another common interest group, but we're actually going to become a family that looks like the church in every missional community. It's another huge pivot. 70% of Overflow Church is connected in one of 15 missional communities right now. That's amazing. That's incredible. We've established a pre-service connection. So you heard about Pastor Cindy in here praying for those coming with a prophetic sense of expectancy. Pastor Brenda is out in the breezeway now at 9.30 every Sunday morning saying, we want to do the same thing in evangelistic and shepherding graces. We want to welcome the family in. And so we've started now to invite you. I want to tell you, you need to get here at 9.30. And you're either coming to pray down heaven or you're coming to welcome people in. But Pastor Brenda has established that and we're running with it now. As of this moment, we have 192 members of Overflow, 89 regular attenders, which is awesome. And we are seeing great growth and consistency in our student ministry. This excites me with our students regularly hearing from God and getting ministered to not by the youth pastor, but ministering to one another regularly. And the last one here before we make our pivot, teachers. All right, teachers, our teachers. We shared bold weekly messages with clear calls to action resulting in tangible growth and fruit. I want to tell you, Overflow Church, we are living the gospel. We equipped and sent 15 teenagers from our church to preach the gospel through sermons and children's lessons that they prepared and preached in authority on their own. We published the book Entitlement. It came from a series this past year. And I got to tell you all, listen, I just got the first copy in the mail of Entitlement. The book has come here. There's a few little pivots and shifts they need to make to this final thing on the proof for it to come out. But within the next two weeks, this is actually coming out from us for the body of Christ. Overflow's restoration manual, Pastor Lynn and Robin wrote, and the ministry there has continued to spread uh, to churches across Tampa Bay and the nation, setting many people free. We have many churches saying our restoration reach comes from Overflow's restoration manual in their ministry. And then we took our first steps through my buddy Josh Baylog to launch a writer's forum here. In fact, this is so new, some of you wouldn't know about it, Creative Writers, um, as a space to elevate and release teaching in creative writing. And we expect that to just expand this year. Has it been a good year, Overflow? Man! So I want you to imagine my shock when God spoke these words to me. He said, you are not yet a healthy church. And there's certain things that you hear that when you hear them, you know they're true right away. He said, you're not yet a healthy church. Now that word yet gave me a lot of hope, but not healthy. Oh man, it made me want to run and hide under a rock. I'm going to be honest with you. It made me feel almost ashamed for a minute until I remembered who my father was. And then he began to speak and he said, there's an issue happening within Overflow Church. And here it is. And you need to be honest about it. He said, people who come to Overflow, almost without exception, say they love our worship, they love our doctrine, they love our heart, they love the purity of our mission, they love our preaching. But for all too many of them, they're not staying, we aren't growing, and we aren't sending. It's indicative of wrong agreements. It's what happens within our body when we allow ourselves to attack one another, much like a cancer. So as I asked the Lord, and I went before the pastors, so I spent some time on my face and some time, quite honestly, just weeping before the Lord because I burn for his kingdom. This is what he said. He said, we, Overflow Church, 
haven't clearly or aggressively sought growth, numeric or spiritual, largely because we haven't wanted to take advantage of people. We've wanted to be a safe church, but what that's led us to do is fail to invite, compel, and pursue. He said we are good people who genuinely love, but we are not doing what love demands, because love pursues courageously. He went further and said that the same safety that allows this to be a place of restoration has enabled at times to work against us as we've missed calling people up to their fivefold fullness. People get inspired, they get healed, and then they get restless because they can't find their lane to move. And so they move on. Meanwhile, our leaders are exhausted doing the work of the ministry instead of building and sending the body. And I want to stand before you today and say two words. No more. No more. So as I ask the Lord in prayer, and this, I get to just be a voice for our pastors today. As me and our pastoral team went before the Lord, this is what he said. He said, if you want to know what a healthy church is, a healthy church needs three things. It needs a heart, it needs feet, and it needs muscles. And you're not yet a healthy church. And this is what he meant. He led me to three scriptures, and I want you to see this. The first one is this, God's blueprint for the church. I'm going to talk about this, I'm going to give an evaluation, and then I'm going to talk about where we're going, and something is going to ignite in this room. It's going to be good, y'all. God's blueprint for the church. His heart is at least threefold seen in three scriptures. If we could just advance that next slide there. The first is this. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and all the prophets hang on these two commandments. If you've been around Overflow Church, you've heard this verse a time or two, right? It's the great commandment that we love God with all of our heart. So what is the heart of a church? It's that we would become people who love him more than anything and who position our lives to love our literal neighbors as ourself. That's the heart. But he said a body is more than a heart. So he continued. He said a healthy church must have feet. Second, in Matthew uh, chapter 28, Jesus came. I see I gave you the wrong scripture. I made these slides, so that was my fault. Matthew 28, that'd be 18 to 20 is what that should say. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. We know this verse is the Great Commission. And the Father said this. He said, listen, a church that has healthy feet means that we become people who live on mission courageously and continually pioneering into new spaces to immerse everyone we encounter to the fullness God has for them. Literally to be baptized into Jesus, the, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it means to be immersed in the fullness of who he is. He said, we've got to pioneer. We've got to go. You're not healthy until you go. And then he said one last one. He said, the muscles... Ephesians chapter 4, it says this, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. 
He said what the muscles of a church are is this. We have to become people who choose to unite, who choose to be committed to one another, to prioritize one another as a multifaceted body where each one discovers and matures in the unique facets of grace within them so that all of us walk in fullness. What does it mean? It means that we're not healthy until all of us are equipped and no one is on the sideline. It means that the attractional church where a few people do the work of the ministry, needs to be done forever. And in its place, the church needs to be a factory of grace that can be discovered and deployed for all. It means we have to become five-fold. So you see it. A healthy church has a heart, has feet, has muscles. So I asked the Lord a question. I said, so how are we doing? Because you said we're not yet a healthy church. So he said, I want to give you an evaluation. So here it is. Our evaluation, first of all, the evaluation of the heart. Love God and love others with all. This is what the Lord said. He said, that's your mission. You know our mission, right? We live to receive and release God's love to everyone, everywhere. And you know what? We don't just say that. We live it, don't we, Overflow Church? Do you know our mission is nothing different than love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbors yourself? This is what he said. He said, you want to know how you're doing with your heart? It is, it is your mission, and it is modeled throughout your entire church body through your values. You are people of intimacy and expectancy and restoration and community. In fact, he said this to me, and this is never about a competition. You heard Pastor Lynn say last week, there's only one church. So don't hear this through scarcity or competition. But this is what I heard from the Lord that I need to pass on to you. He said, I don't know anybody that carries my heart better than Overflow Church. And that excites me because Overflow Church is you. And Overflow Church is me. What you need to hear from the Father is he sees your heart for him. And he says, there's nobody that carries my heart better. You actually love God, not as a box to check off, but just with a bleeding heart that wants to know him with everything. And you actually have positioned your life to love your literal neighbor as your literal self. He said, oh, in the heart, you've got it. I said, okay. He continued. He said, I want to give you an evaluation of the feet. He said, here's the truth. It is reflected in the language of your vision. In fact, our vision as a church is so new. Again, we're just four years old, y'all. Our vision as a church, we move at the pace of revelation. This has just come to us in the last months to have clear language. But our vision, he said, listen, here it is. We yearn to see every man, woman, and child know they're held in God's adoring love, grow to be whole as who he created them to be, and go alongside their brothers and sisters to bring Brandon, the Bay, and beyond home to the Father's heart. What's our vision as a church? We want to see people held, whole, and home. And he said, you know what that is? You just flipped the words. That's the Great Commission. You want to see people fully immersed in me, and you want to go in such a way to the very ends of the earth so they can know me fully. But here's the problem. He said, you have no metrics to measure Matthew 28, and therefore the church is wandering in restlessness and complacency, causing frustration, apathy, and inaction in the body. He said, it's time to center all the work we do to clearly activate paths for personal community in corporate discipleship and disciple-making. And let me just go a step further. Let me just say this. We talk a lot about discipleship. You're not a disciple, according to Jesus, until you're making disciples. He never separated it into two different charges. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. What do disciples do? They make disciples. 
What are disciples? People who are fully immersed that God becomes their whole life and they're so overflowing with him, they have to go to the literal ends of the earth. He said, I I need you to be a pioneering people. You need feet. And so he said this, he said, you have a deep desire, but what you need are spirit-saturated goals. You are not hitting targets because you're not asking me for them. I got to tell you something, two words, no more. I got to tell you in just a minute, we're going to pivot. You heard 37 things the Lord did last year. Wait till you hear what's coming in 2023. And these aren't like rah-rah goals. These are spirit-saturated, on our knees, in tears, in the carpet before the Lord, what he is going to do. The third one was this. The muscles. To elevate and equip grace in one another. He said this, it's in the language of our strategy. We've been talking about a strategy as a church. If if you've been here, you know this, that we've stripped lots of ways, lots of things away from our calendar to say, we want you in two environments. Make a priority of two environments. Be in the worship gathering faithfully and become a part of a missional community. He said, listen, it's in the language of your strategy and it's been getting clearer that you've been calling people to prioritize these two environments. But here's the problem. Both your worship gatherings and your missional communities are still centered on a few people presenting and everyone else watching. And that must change. I imagine you didn't get up this morning and say, can't wait to see how Pastor Chuck performs this morning. I'm going to go to the Pastor Chuck show and hear because he just loves the Lord and I just want to hear how his passion is. And then I'll evaluate it. Was he as passionate this week as he was last week? We'll talk about that at lunch. That's got to die. So I've heard a lot of things about why aren't people in church? And we get all kind of, well, they just don't love the Lord enough. Listen, no, creation is yearning and screaming and groaning for what? For the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. We are hungering full tilt for our God. The problem is not we don't want him. We were wired to want him. The problem is for too many people, they've come into an environment where they hear one person burn and they can never figure out how to burn for themselves. And that will no longer be true. I'm going to talk about how in just a minute. And he said this, he said, we've not yet fully pivoted our time, energy, and calendar to the five functions of the body. It needs to consistently permeate everything we do, and it does not, though we're sold out on the concept. We've seen much scattered fruit, but it is harvest time. Now, I don't know about you, but are you ready to pivot out of some bad news into some good news? Yeah! I got one person there. John's ready. So I asked God, what do we do? And he said, here's the call to action. Here it is. And I want to take the next few minutes and talk about this. And then at the family meeting, I'm going to talk about how we're going to do it. He said, the call to action is this. It's threefold. He said, one, we need to repent for not doing the work we've been charged to do. Repentance gets a bad name. Repentance literally means turn around and change course. That's all it means. It doesn't mean wallow in grief. Jesus already paid everything, and he adores you. He adores me. So the minute I saw we're not hitting the target, he did not want me to weep and grieve. And I got to tell you, I spent my time before him weeping. But even when I came here this morning, there are some things you're going to hear me say in my repentance. But he stopped me and he said, no, once you've said it, it's time to move on because I'm ready to build my church. So what am I saying? We need to change our course of action. We need to repent for any complacency and any loss of confidence in equipping disciples who make disciples. And this is what I heard from the Lord. And somebody needs to receive it, not as me, but as us. We have got to get our heart and our spine back, going after God-sized visions. Second, he said, we need clear metrics for being disciples and making disciples. We need to answer very clearly once and for all what defines a disciple who makes disciples. 
And we must become a church who builds up and sends over and over again. I do not want to hear again. The reason I came to Overflow Church is I just like it because it's small and I just like for it to stay small. I'm going to say this. I have no problem if God says he wants 200 people on this campus, but we better be planting churches. Somebody hear me. God says, I want 200 here. Then I want to show up here and go, guess what? We planted 10 churches of 200 in this year. And we went and we watched God do I'm all about that. That's awesome. I'm not saying we need to become something mega because Jesus is the only name or title we ever need. We don't need overflow bumper stickers on everything. But we have to be a church that builds people up where no one is on the sidelines and when they're built up to their fullness that we send everybody we've got to send over and over and over again. The last one, he said this, we must pivot every avenue of overflow to be an environment that discovers, matures, and releases fivefold graces to all. We've got to do it on Sunday mornings. We've got to do it in our missional communities. We've got to do it in our ministries. We've got to do it in our events. We've got to do it in our resources for personal growth. So when I took this, I took it to our pastors, and I talked about this a little bit. And I got to tell you guys, for us, the die has been cast entirely. We've seen something that this is a moment where there is no going back. We've made our decision and we will do no other. I want you to know the three scriptures that I put up today, they burn in me. In recent days, I have been on my face and before our staff weeping as I've reflected on my own weaknesses, my own shortcomings. I've asked God to forgive me because zeal for his house consumes me. And yet there are many of you who have not yet been given space to run at overflow. I've wept before the Lord for those who have left. I've wept for those that we failed to pursue. And so I want to stand right now first and lead the way. If I'm going to talk about repentance, then I'm going to start. I want to say to you, for the past four years, I have run as hard as I know how to run. That our pastors have run as hard as we've known how to run. But for every place I've failed to get you in the game, I repent. For every place I've gone home on a Sunday and thought we did a good job because I preached a good word, I repent. For every place where what I was actually walking in was pride because I said, well, I just don't want to take advantage of you, what I was actually doing was standing in the place of God who called you up to fullness and I stood in the way and I repent. I repent from a good heart for saying, I don't want to be a church that takes advantage of you, so I'm not going to call you up and I'm not going to say the difficult thing that you and I need to hear for our best. I repent and I say no more. For every place I've lacked boldness, I repent. And for every place you haven't been seen, pursued, or invited, not just by me, but by our leadership, I stand and repent and say, no, more. Would you forgive me? Yeah. See, I've made a commitment before the Lord. I've laid down my life, and I'm going to play my part 
to see the bride dressed and ready for her king. After my weeping session, I talked to the pastors about it, about the worst pep rally ever. (laughs) Because it was in preparation for this meeting and the family meeting, and I showed up and I was like, I'm not okay, y'all. And it was the most beautiful thing because his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And it opened up an avenue where our pastors started to share and talk. And I want to tell you, the pastors of these church are not only my brothers and sisters, they're my heroes. We've got, some ama- we've got an embarrassment of riches, Overflow Church. And I want to tell you, your pastors are the real thing. I trust them with my life. The fervency and the character. And they aligned all of them the same way. And I watched one after another after another stand up and say, I see my part now. I repent. I'm going to take my part. I'm going to take my part. I'm going to take my part. And all of us went together. And so I'm going to tell you a few things that are going to happen. Our worship gatherings in the next year are going to pivot. There's going to be a lot more of getting you out of your seat and a lot more of equipping one another. There's going to be a lot less of just hearing one person. Yes, we're going to preach, and yes, we're going to sing, but it's going to feel a lot more like a five-fold family getting equipped because part of our equipping needs to come in the corporate gathering of the saints. We're no longer going to say things like, and maybe you've heard this before, well, you don't get discipled on a Sunday morning. That's wrong because discipleship is all of life. So I want to say something to you. If you're a believer and you're saying, I don't need the corporate family of God because you've seen what some churches have done in missing it, then you are missing part of your discipleship and you're robbing us. And I say it in love. Because part of our discipleship only happens when the corporate family comes together. So I'm going to say this. If it doesn't yet look like heaven, it never will if you withdraw your heart and detach. Because for us to look like heaven, we need you. So I've made a decision. Our worship gatherings are going to pivot. I've made a decision. You're going to hear in just a second. Our missional communities will become equipping factories. We're going to see more fruit than I've ever seen before. I want to show you just the quickest glimpse. But then we're going to pivot this because there are three things we need to take together. So are you ready for a little bit more good news this morning before we close? Okay. I want to give you from our pastors our 2023 surrendered goals. This is what we've gone to the Spirit of God and what we've asked him to do. And here's what I love. Listen, as I asked the Lord, this is what he wanted me to tell you. These will be refined and they will be elevated. So some people are going to say, well, are they going to happen exactly like that? No, because my God always says that he does more than our capacity to ask or even imagine. This is what we've asked and imagined. So I'm going to tell you, it's this or higher. I promise you, as these have been surrendered. What are we going to see this year? Here we go. Apostolic people, are you still in the room? All right. 2023, this is what we're going to see. We will bear the fruit of a healthy church with heart, feet, and muscles. Disciples who make disciples will be commonplace. If you agree, say amen. Amen. Overflow will be known as a place to not only heal, but to grow in the fullness of your calling. There's no more of coming and saying, I can't find my lane, so I'm leaving. It won't just be for a few lanes, but for all. If you agree, say amen. amen. We will grow exponentially and will plant our first church campus in 2023. This is a place for faith. Do you believe it? Say amen. We will see great diversity in men, women, and children from many ages, backgrounds, and ethnicities and languages calling Overflow home. Listen, I want to say this to my fellow white people. I love you, but heaven ain't just going to be white, right? I want to see the diversity of heaven here. And right now, when I hear the church of the living God is the most segregated place on earth, I say no more. 
and it will change starting at Overflow. If you agree, say amen. amen. And our leadership chart will grow greatly this year. Before you say amen, <laughs> that means you stepping up. <laughs> if you agree, say amen. 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 All right, our next slide here in prophetic, what we're going to see. We will identify prophetic grace leaders in every missional community, and they will be positioned to help everybody grow in hearing God individually and together. Let me tell you what I mean. Those of you who stood up and said, yeah, that prophetic thing stirs in me, we're going to plug you in this year, and you're going to equip that grace in other people. If you agree, say amen. amen. We will regularly speak God's word over each other in missional communities in ways that move and mature us with ongoing prophetic activations from the prophetic grace leader of every missional community. This is what we mean. You're going to come together, and it's not just going to be going to a missional community where y'all sit and somebody talks. It's actually going to activate something, and you're going to hear God together in your living rooms, and God's going to start to move, and there's going to be miraculous testimonies that come because you faithfully came together. If you agree, say amen. amen. We will regularly establish regular times of restoration as missional communities meet in their, in their group and beyond to new people God is leading us to. If you agree, say amen. amen. Oh, man, it's going to get fun now. We will see Holy Spirit baptism and filling, freedom and bold obedience become commonplace in our worship gatherings, in our missional communities, in our daily lives. If you agree, say amen. amen. We will establish, that was what I like to hear, that was good. We will establish a much more intentional prophetic atmosphere in our worship gatherings with biweekly interactive activations. This is what I mean. You got out of your seat today and did something. Guess what? Every other week at Overflow Church, our prophetic team, Pastor Cindy, Pastor Ruth, they said every week we're not just going to speak something. That would be a passive activation. Every other week we're going to do something that's going to get us active to hear the Lord together right here on Sunday mornings. We will share communion together monthly. Hallelujah. We will have times of corporate prophecy over ourselves, our family, our neighbors, our schools, our workplaces, our communities, and the churches of our region and beyond. If you agree, say amen. We will experience regular moves of God in worship gatherings, missional communities, and they will be unexplainable by anything other than his presence and power. If you agree, say amen. amen. We will equip individuals and families to have regular times of worship, prayer, and stillness. This is what I mean. You're going to learn to hear God at a level you've never heard him before. You're going to learn to be in his word at a level you've never been there before, and you're going to know his voice. If you agree, say amen. We will record and release six worship recordings in 2023, three by Valley's Inn, and our first three by other artists of Overflow. And already I want to tell you this. So I feel like I have permission to say this. We've already committed on our first one, and our first one is Miss Maya Perez and the song that she wrote, Expand. It's happening this year, y'all. All right, let's continue. This is good. I like these. This feels a lot better than those a few minutes ago, huh? All right. Evangelistic. What are we seeing? Ready? People will come to believe in Jesus. We are asking God for 140 people from this body to come and believe in Jesus in 2023. Listen, that comes from your workplace. It's not saying 140 people that are saying, Overflow Church is my home. No, wherever it can be your home, but you're coming to know King Jesus in 2023. If you agree, say amen. amen. All right, that was a little bit of faith and a little bit of like, I think y'all are crazy. Can I tell you something? We have 189 members of our church. 140 means in the next year, each one of us lead one person to the Lord. So I don't know. So Pastor Aaron said, this feels crazy to me. And I just want to say, Pastor Aaron, back to you in love. I don't know that it's crazy enough. Because that's less than one person. Like I, I, I only have to lead like seven-eighths of a person to Jesus. Okay? So I'm going to say, your uh, missions pastor has said that she is believing God that in this year we're going to see 140 souls cross the line of their faith to follow Jesus because of you. If you agree, say amen. amen. 
We will see people surrender to God to immerse themselves in baptism. Some people got baptized as a child, but they said it didn't mean anything. It was a box I checked, and all of a sudden they go, Jesus, I want you to take me over. Holy Spirit, I want you to, just like going under the surface of the water. So people ask the question, could I get baptized again? I'm going to say, if that's what you mean, heck yeah, you can. Get baptized 140 times. I don't care. (laughs) We're going to see this year 60 people commit in baptism. Amen? Amen? So here's my question. Who's first? You come and see Pastor Aaron. Okay? We're going to start this right away. You're going to hear about where we're pouring that out. That's going to be a regular uh, part of our worship gatherings. We will see an outpouring of miraculous healing gifts, particularly in conjunction with people coming to trust God's goodness and power. This is the word God gave Pastor Aaron. Cancer will disappear. Marriages will be restored. Back pain will go. Rheumatoid arthritis will end. Babies will be healed of their diseases. Autism, depression, and broken bones will be healed. Deaf ears will be open. Come into agreement with my power and by faith you will see these things. Don't doubt me. This is what you've been praying for. If you agree, say amen. But wait, there's more. We will exceed our financial goals by the end of the third quarter so that we won't be coming and saying in December, we hope we can get there. We're going to have so much extravagance and abundance that we can give away to bless people in Brandon, the Bay, and beyond with utilities, housing, cars, education, paid off debts, and more. That's the church of my dreams. Amen? Runners in the house, we will create a 5K fundraiser for missions. Yay. We'll provide two short-term mission opportunities this year, and send her, we'll have 85 for Mother's Day, 100 for December, and we are looking at a summer women's conference hosted by Overflow Church in collaboration with The Resting Place. If you agree, that's amen. We're almost there. We're almost at the pivot where this becomes reality. Pastor, there we go. Pastoral goals, 80 new people will join Overflow Church and a missional community this year. Listen, I'm going to say this. Becoming a member of Overflow Church is becoming a member of a missional community because we're a missional community church. So if you come to our church and you say, I want to be a member, then my first question is, how do we help plug you into a missional community? And when you're in a missional community, we'll present you as a member. We're going to see 80 people do that this year. That's what Pastor Chris is praying specifically. If you agree, say amen. Amen. 250 to 300 people will be equipped weekly in our worship gatherings that intentionally celebrate and activate every five-fold gifting. If you agree, say amen. amen. We will see 75 to 90% of overflow be active in one of 30 healthy five-fold missional communities. That means that every missional community multiplies this year. If you agree, say amen. We'll have bi-weekly storytelling times at our worship gatherings, meaning we will hear from you. Testimonies, welcoming new members, people joining missional communities, people starting missional communities, and opportunities for us to shepherd corporately and pray for one another's needs, as you watched us do for Pastor Ruth as she's been out these last weeks. If you agree, say amen. amen. And we'll have, oh man, this is Brenda's favorite. We'll have six play activation in our, in our worship gathering, six opportunities as we come together corporately just to have a lot of fun. If you were here on New Year's Day, you saw one of these. And they're going to come in January. They're going to come in July. And then we're going to have some times of group games because, listen, there's no separation of sacred and secular. So when people show up and go, can you do that in church? I'm going to say if you can do it with the Spirit of God in you, you can do it in church. And whether you eat or drink or everything you do, do all to the glory of God, we're going to play really well. Why? Because we want to celebrate and inspire missional community to actually be a family and have fun together. If you agree, say amen. Amen. Okay. <laughs> I just love that. 
Next pastoral update, missional communities will become family as 200 birthdays will be celebrated by their missional communities. That means 200 people who come, they're not just going to say, oh, my, my, it passed, right? It's going to be my missional community came and celebrated with me. And 30 people are invited to our missional communities from non-church connections. 30 people are going to come into missional communities. And when you say, how did you get here? It wasn't, well, I came to Overflow and they assigned me one. It's, I came from some other place. If you agree, say Amen. We will celebrate the return of 25 presently inactive overflow members back into our life. What does that mean? People that haven't left us yet, but they're not here anymore. And we're going to see 25 of them come back home. I'm just going to say right now, extend your hands and we say, Jesus, bring them home. Bring them home. Lord, where we've missed it, we repent. Where we haven't been there, we repent. But bring them home. I agree with the faith of my brother in Jesus' name. We will see a clear process to get plugged in with a monthly meet and greet and then an onboarding event every other month or quarterly. In other words, we're going to have actual opportunities for somebody to sit down, know how to become a member of our church. Maybe you've been here and you've been like, it's awesome. I don't have any clue what the next step is at this church. That's going to change this year. You're going to know exactly how to be plugged in. And this one that I'm excited about, we will see men specifically find their place at Overflow through the reestablishing of Rise to connect the men across our church and reach beyond us, starting February 25th at our workday that's coming. But listen, I just want to say this to men in the room. If you want to know one of the things I've wept about the most, I've wept about men in the kingdom of God not being able to find their lane at Overflow Church. And if that's been you, where you said, man, my wife loves it. It's incredible. She found her friends here. She found her ministry here. But I come on Sunday morning, and, you know, maybe I don't get into the artistic thing the same way, and I just can't find it. I want to tell you there's a strength in you that we so desperately need. I repent to you for where you haven't plugged in, but I say no more. And I want to say this. If you are a man at Overflow Church that has a passion to see men connect, you need to come see me or Pastor Mickey right away as we're building that. And I thank Pastor Mickey for his leadership of Rise that's coming back up. It's coming. More about that in the family meeting. Okay. Oh, man, y'all, you came last week, and it was a long service, and it's a long service this week. It's okay. I only have 60 more minutes. Here we go. <laughs> promise I'm laying on the plane. Last goals is this. 70% of Overflow members will commit to read through the Bible together this year with on-the-road discussion and training through the year. So I'm going to say this right now. As, as the one leading this, if we get a commitment from you on this, I will be ready to commit to walk with you as your pastor on an on-the-road every day or every week walking to help you understand and we're going to read the scripture together. If you agree with that, say amen. There'll be a clear establishing of those with a passion and gifting uh, in the teaching grace in every missional community, helping others grow in their faith. If you agree, say Amen. Our Writers Forum will expand to a regular blog from our church and teaching resources from members of Overflow who have a teaching grace. If you agree, say amen. amen. And we will see the release of a new book about understanding the Bible and life through the lens of Jesus for the body of Christ. It's called Reconstructing Dad. I'll give you a preview. It's actually already written. It's just waiting to be released, but we're going to see that this year, and it's going to change people who thought that God is disappointed in them and angry. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. Okay. So now, is that the last slide there? Hallelujah. <laughs> That's what God's going to do, amen? amen? So at our family meeting, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to talk through the next steps of how we're doing this. I'm going to actually talk about what the pivots are in our worship gatherings and how we're actually starting this week within our missional communities to pivot all these things. You're going to hear how it is not theoretical. Right now, I just want to say this to us. In 2023, we are going to see the greatness and majesty of God in us with our own eyes. If you're asking the question, will it be exactly this fruit? No, he goes beyond our ability to ask or imagine. He's going to do more. So I want to say this to you. This year, say it with me. This year, this year. God, is going to move. God is going to move. 
but that means I've got to move too. So with that, I'm going to ask if you would stand with me. And this is the pivot, y'all. When we agree with heaven, something changes. I had an opportunity to officiate many weddings, and I don't understand it, but when I stand at the moment with a man and a woman who have dedicated their lives to one another and say, we're best friends, that there's something that happens when I agree with heaven as an officiant, as a minister, and I say, I now pronounce you husband and wife, and every single wedding, it's happened. The minute I say it, a new reality takes place. They're no longer two, but they're one. And in the same way, I have a strong sense from the Lord that there's something that he wants to do this morning, that if you're a member of Overflow Church, I don't want to hear, yay, great presentation or cool goals. No, this is us. There's something that God is wanting to align right now. These next five minutes are sacred. There are three pivots that he calls us to. He said the three things that we've got to do is we've got to repent, we've got to realign, we've got to re-enlist. So the first one, repent. Repent literally means to turn around, to change course. So I'm just going to ask, I'm going to ask if you lay a hand on your heart. If you close your eyes before the Lord, I just want to ask some questions. Can I ask this morning, where have you been disillusioned or jaded? Maybe you've been one of those ones that you have wanted to so badly find your lane, but you can't hear. Would you forgive us? Where hope deferred has made your heart sick. This is the question I want you to ask with your hand on your heart. God, what's my part to change course? See, it always starts with us. It always starts with me. God, where I'm jaded, where I'm disillusioned, what's my part this morning? What are you calling me to do? Would you just listen? I pray he'd speak to you. Can you ask him the question, what do I need to do to step out of suspicion? I want to say to somebody, it needs to be the end of the age of suspicion. It needs to be the end of the age of wait and see. Because we can never be us if you won't bring you. With your hand on your heart, I want to say this on behalf of every leader of Overflow Church, every pastor, we repent. Will you receive it? For some of you this morning, it's time to come home. And here's what I mean. You're distracted, or you've been detached. We prayed a minute ago for those who are detached physically, but listen, there are others of you that you're here in body, but you've detached with your heart. And God's saying to come home. For some, today needs to be the day that you stop spiritualizing dysfunction and here's what I mean. It is time for I'm too busy to die. I'm too busy is an indictment against God, declaring that he failed to give you either the time or resources to do something needed for your health or the health of another. I want to remind you in love that you have the same 24 hours a day you've had in every other season and the same 24 hours a day given to every person in the whole of humanity since the dawn of time because in this season in your life, 24 hours is enough. I'm too busy as a stewardship problem. And more than that, I'm too busy is a spiritual dysfunction 
that puts a smile on our face while we fail to say what we're actually believing. So I'm just going to say this in love this morning. As all of us are investing the same currency, as all of us have the same time and soul, when we say, I'm too busy, it actually means either, I do not yet believe what you say will deliver what it promises, or this is not yet a priority that I desire more than the other priorities in my life. Every time we say, I love that, Pastor. I love what you just said. I love those things we clapped for, but I'm too busy. No, this is what you're saying. I say it in love, but what you're saying is either, I don't believe it'll actually come through. I don't believe it'll matter. I don't believe Jesus will meet us there. I don't believe the church will go there. Or, it's not yet really a priority that I desire more than others. So can I say this in love? If you're one this morning saying, you know, I'm not sure I yet believe it's gonna work. Man, that's awesome, that's honest, that's great. And I would love to hear whatever it is you're doing that you believe will bear greater fruit than what we've just talked about. And I don't mean that snarky. I mean sincerely. If you have something, you're like, oh man, no, what I'm living in the kingdom is so much higher than that. Then please come have coffee with me. We'll pivot, we'll join you. But what we've talked about this morning, it's biblical and it's true. And I wanna tell you this, in the next 12 months, if you will choose to be courageous and honest about the graces that are flowing in and through you, and if you would choose to commit to actually prioritize being active and a passionate contributor in the two environments we talked about this morning here on Sundays and in missional communities, I want to tell you right now, I promise you that God will do more than you could ask or imagine, and we will see things we have never seen before, but it starts with us changing course. Where's the time you need to come home? Would you tell God right now, no more, I'm too busy. And listen, that's not just about this morning, that's about anything in your life that you've said, this is good for me, but I'm too busy, it needs to fall. You need to say to yourself right now, that's a lie. Now God, come speak the truth to me. You've given me enough time, soul, and resources. I'm not too busy. Somebody needs to say that right now. That's just a word for you right now. Somebody needs to say with your hand on your heart, I'm not too busy. I'm not too busy. Now God, show me what you have in time, resources, and community. I'm ready to listen. The second thing we need to do is realign. Would you with your hand on your heart say, Jesus, I'm seeing the grace in me and I want to run in it. Would you just tell him that? I'm seeing the grace in me, and I want to run in it. I'm ready to find my lane. No more distraction. In fact, I'm going to ask this right now. If that's you, you've said, I've started to see grace in me. You've talked about that. I want this to be the year that I run in the kingdom of God, that I find my lane. I'm going to ask you to just lift your hands because I just want to pray an anointing over you. Right now, if that's you, You say, I've started to see some things that I want to run for God this year in ways I've never run before. Would you just lift your hands? Father God, right now, I pray 
that you would release over your sons and your daughters a confidence to know who you created them to be. You say, if we lack wisdom to ask God who gives generously without finding fault, Father, give wisdom. I pray, Father, you'd give wisdom about the stewardship of the 24 hours of their day. No condemnation. We kick that off in Jesus' name. Shame off of you. But we lift our heads because it's the year of our awakening. Show us the time and the resources that you have. Father, for each of these, I pray that today would be the day that roots would start to grow deeply. I pray for the grace to prioritize and shape the environment you want them to be in for revival. And I pray, Father, for fruit beyond our dreams of changed lives that will come because we're fully aligned with who you've called us to be. And in Jesus' name, I speak over you. This would be the year of the fullness of joy. So with that, there's just one more question. And this is where the pivot comes. Where is it time to enlist or to re-enlist? Can I just ask this? And I'm going to ask at this moment, nobody else looking around, because this is just for you and Jesus. With that one hand on your heart and your eyes closed, I'm just going to say, if God has spoken to you that Overflow Church is your home, and you say, you know what, I'm all in. I'm ready to enlist. I'm just going to ask that you would take your other hand and just lift it straight in the air. You say, this is my home, and I'm ready to receive. And I'm going to ask you to do it boldly, proudly, Let's not even do the halfway hand raise. You put it fully up like we're on a deserted island and we're calling for the helicopter to see us. Here it is, I'm in. I'm in, God, I'm in. Because I just want to pray an anointing for you. You say, Father, I'm ready to grow roots here. Father, I ask that you protect each one of these sons and daughters right now. Protect their family, protect their anointing, protect their calling, protect their health, protect their finances, protect their jobs, protect the things that go on in those 24 hours. In fact, I say right now, enemy, you've been screwing with some people's schedules and it stops now because the church is aligned and she's on the scene and she says we're not putting up with it anymore. For each of these, Lord, who've come and said, I enlist as their pastor, as their shepherd, and as their friend, I come into agreement. We cover them as we walk as a committed family together. And I ask right now that you would release courage in them. That there be no more being a polite dissenter, coming and seeing something that's broken and saying nothing. I'm gonna tell you right now with your hand up, if your hand is in the air, you're saying, I'm in, I'm Overflow Church. If you see something here that doesn't yet look like heaven, you have a voice, use it. Come home. A line. We're going to talk about how. But Father, I pray that you would release the fullness of your anointing over your sons and your daughters. We come together right now to re-enlist before you as a church with a heart that loves you, with feet that are ready to move, and calling for you to build the muscles within us that we would build up one another. The die is cast and we will do no other. We thank you, Lord. I want you to just stay right here for just a second. As Pastor Chuck just talked about the muscles, and as the fivefold evangelist in this house, I need to talk to you for just a second about your feet, about the feet that are called to go and bring good news, because you have that grace in you. 
you have that grace in you. There's a, a place in this house that we have rejected multiplication. And the reason that is, the Lord shared with me, the reason that is, is if you're bringing a new kid into a home, you're going to reject that kid if you don't know your place. If there's an insecurity in your heart about who you are in the house. And so I speak to you, children of God, right now. And I tell you, you don't need to be insecure. We speak to the insecurity and the places where you've been rejected. And we say you are home. We desperately want you here. We love you. We have affection for you. We have prayed for you. We see God's destiny over you. You don't need to come here and be insecure. You have a place. You hold a place in this family, an important place in this family. You are seen and you are known and you are loved. You are valued. You are seen, you are known, you are valued here. And from that place of security, you can invite another one to find their home. You can invite another one to find their home in Jesus. You can invite another one to find their home here. I prayed to the Lord and I saw a hurricane hovering like the top of a tornado above the throne of God. And it was the spirit of the Lord. And this morning I saw that move and shift all over our region. And he said, I'm ready to touch down at Overflow Church. Tornadoes are meant to touch down, but we got to be ready for the Spirit of God to wreck our lives. We have to be ready for the Spirit of God to wreck our lives. So I want you just to hold your hands up. Pastor Chuck said no more, and so we are going to declare with him, we're ready. Spirit of God, come. Church of the living God, say we're ready. Church of the living God, say we're ready. Church of the living God, say we are ready. Come and wreck us, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah.